Welcome back to Agent Investor, inspiring stories of active agents investing in real estate and building passive income. In a business where potential deals are all around you, why not leverage your skills to invest for yourself, your family, and your future? And now, let's jump into the latest episode of Agent Investor. All right, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our 2023 apartment webinar. We've got a ton of stuff to cover. Before I jump into talking a little bit about the apartment webinar, I just want to let everybody know about our agent investor partnership event that we're having next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. So I've been promoting this a bunch. I'd be really surprised if there was anybody who's on this call that wasn't aware of the fact that we are now partnering with real estate agents uh, on a nationwide basis on flip, fix and flip projects. Um, in order to learn more about that event, all that I ask you to do is just go to www.agentinvestor.com and register. Again, the event's going to be taking place next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And for those of you who are in the rare category that you haven't heard about this yet, we rolled out a program probably about three months ago where we put up all the money, we manage the construction, all that the agent needs to do is find the deal and get us a deal. Uh, deals have to be off of the MLS, they have to be off market, and they need to be deals where we can deal directly with a seller, meaning deals that are not wholesaled or anything like that. But if you have a seller appointment um, where we can go talk to the seller, meet with the seller, negotiate with the seller, all that you need to do is bring us the deal, we'll put up the money, we'll do the construction, and then we'll do a 50-50 profit share split. And Jim, can you just kind of give us like a two-minute spiel about how you feel like those are going so far? Sure. We have uh, we have a handful going right now, and we've completed a few. When expectations are met, I think it's been great for everybody. Um, actually, an agent texted me uh, through Facebook and just said, hey, wanted to give you a heads up that um, I'm really excited. The project's going well. And um, I look forward to seeing my check when I get back. And <laughs> we were joking around a little bit, but that's literally what happened. I mean, he had, we kept him up to date on the progress of the project. It was, um, it went well. Expectations were met on both sides. And then he said, just a heads up, I'm going to be traveling. And I, you know, I, I, we were joking back and forth a little bit. And he's like, I expect my check when I get back. And the reality is he'll probably have it by the time yeah. he's back from vacation. So that went really well. I, when both parties, you know, are excited and doing the right things, it, it works well. You know, we, we talked about this at our leadership meeting a week or two ago where we were saying how actually, you know, our average profit per deal over the past few years has been $60,000 when you average everything out that we've done. Yeah. These have actually been a little bit more profitable and we were kind of talking about why. And, I, you know, I thought about it a little bit and most of the deals that we get that are off market come from mailers or pay-per-click or some sort of off-market, you know, lead generation. In a lot of those cases, we're competing against other investors. A lot of these deals that agents are bringing us because agents have, you know, that direct connection and that trust and everything else. A lot of times we're the only person looking at the property. Um, so we found that these deals on average are, are turning out to be even a little bit more profitable. I don't want to spend all day talking about this. I know most of you already know about this, but for those of you 
who haven't yet registered for our, our event coming up next Tuesday at 11 o'clock, please go to www.agentinvestorevent.com. I've got the uh, URL up on the screen. Register today. We don't. We literally don't have many more spots left. In fact, we were looking into whether or not the hotel could even add chairs if we needed to. So register today if you're interested in attending and learning more about how to partner with us on deals. Having said that, you know I want to talk about um, you know apartments today, um, but tying into kind of the agent partnership thing, um, I have this conversation with agents all the time. And like when I first got into real estate investing, I had no thoughts on fixing and flipping any homes. Like I didn't want to fix and flip any homes. I just wanted passive income. And you know, I read the, the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, which I'm sure a lot of you have read. And at the end of the day, what are we all looking for? Well, we're we're all we're all looking, you know, to to build up passive income, you know, five, 10, 15, 20, 30,000 dollars a month so that we can, you know, live the life that we want and and be able to work less if we want to work less or continue to work the same if we want to continue to work the same. But I do want to mention how the agent partnership program does tie into it because most agents are going to come across like one or two of these types of deals per year. And let's just say that the average, you know, fix and flip profit when we partner with somebody is 60 grand. So the agent gets $30,000 just for referring the deal. I wouldn't necessarily as an agent look at these in terms of, well, you know, I can, yes, making the extra $30,000 a year is really good. Or if you do two, that could be 60,000 per year. But I would look at it more like if your primary focus is passive income, this is a way to generate big chunks of income that you can use for down payments on properties, regardless of you know your your lead your your investment strategy, whether it's long-term rentals or short-term rentals or apartments like today. This is a way to get quick hits of income that you can actually use to then build your passive income stream. Cause that's really how how we did it. You know, we would we would go through, we would fix and flip, you know, one or two or three. And then we would take the profits. Yeah, we would take some of the profits for ourselves, but we would also use those profits, parlay them into longer term assets. So just think about it like that. Like if we're thinking, you know, directly for investing income. All right. So I want to switch gears now, talk about apartments. I'm going to share my screen. I have a, a presentation to go through, but I also, you know, want to let everybody know like we're completely live, right? So you can ask questions. I can see. People already asking questions on, you know, the live chat. Okay, so the first question did come in. Are you still partnering up on deals only in your state? No. Um, you know, what I would say, you know, to anybody that has an off-market deal where we can meet with a seller or negotiate with a seller directly, send me a Facebook message. Uh, my my um, Facebook handle is Tommy Caffarella. Uh, I'll put that up on the screen too. So if, the, if you guys do have deals that you want to send me, you can send those to me at any time. The biggest thing I would think about for the partnership, and we'll cover this, you know, at the event next Tuesday is if you think you have an opportunity where we can talk to a seller directly and there's some profit to be made, reach out first and we'll figure out the rest of the details later. But the, the big thing that you guys need to know is there's no money that you put up. It's a 50-50 split. You don't have to do the construction. You don't have to come up with down payment money. You don't have to come up with holding costs money. All right, so switching gears into apartments. 
apartments are, are just a vehicle, right? So there's so many different vehicles to building wealth when it comes to real estate investing. Apartments are just one of them. And I am 100% confident. One thing I know after teaching and training on this stuff for 15 years is I know at the end of the day, like why everybody jumped on this call. And everybody jumped on this call for, for a few kind of like big reasons. One of the reasons is that you, while you may be happy with the life that you have right now, you want more, right? You want a better life, which usually means like an easier life. You know, a lot of the motivation for investing in real estate is you want to make your life more enjoyable. You want to get more time back to spend with friends and family. Maybe you want to get rid of that second job, or maybe you want to work 10 hours a week less, or you want to, you know, get more hours back, or you want to focus on your health. You want to do something. You want to, you know that there's something that real estate investing can do for you. And I always say this in my live events. I always ask people, like, hey, how many people, you know, are in the room that know somebody who got rich through real estate investing? And everybody raises their hand because almost everybody knows somebody. This is the crazy part about real estate investing. Almost everybody knows at least one person who's become wealthy through investing in real estate. And I always ask a follow-up question, which is, how many people do you know that got rich through real estate were like exceptional people, like geniuses, like you know somebody that you couldn't even compare yourself to? And only a few hands stay up, meaning that Real estate investing, what regardless of the vehicle, is really kind of like the average Joe way to get rich and real to get rich. Period. To to build passive income. Period. We're talking specifically about apartments today for a reason. Again, we know that everybody wants to improve the life that they have. We know that in an ideal world, everybody has that monthly income number that they want to earn passively that'll change their life. Again, when we work with people through our inner circle program. One of the first things we have them do is fill out a worksheet to say, what is that number? Because for everybody, it's a little bit different. For some people, it might only be three or $4,000 a month passive. That could change your life. That could get you to, to, to be where you want to be. I've heard other people say as high as 20 or 30 or 40 or $50,000 a month. But regardless, we want to um, acquire assets that throw off monthly income that helps us live the lifestyle that we want. So I think, you know, without even asking anybody, I know that we'd be all in agreement for that. But we're specifically talking about apartments today for for some specific reasons, right? Because there are multiple asset classes that you can do this in. And I and I want to talk quickly about like why we are as a company focusing on apartments as compared to other asset classes. And I want to go through some of those asset classes just really quick. So that you guys understand, like, we're not just talking about apartments today for no reason. We're talking about investing in apartments today because it's the asset class of choice to help people get from point A to point B. So a couple of the the more common asset classes that people invest in today that we really kind of warn people against are short-term rentals and smaller long-term rentals. Okay, I'm going to tell you why. Not that you can't make money in those two areas, but why we are not investing in those two asset classes and why we believe that apartments are a better asset class. So let me just talk really quickly about short-term rentals because almost every person that's thinking about investing in real estate today brings up short-term rentals. Wouldn't it be great if I could own a home in Hawaii or Florida or Cape Cod and I could use it for part of the year and I could rent it out 
and I could cash flow and I could, you know, own a few of them and have enough passive income coming in. And this will be just such a great business idea. And uh, again, when I say this stuff, I always have to put a caveat out there to say there are people who will make money in short term rentals in the next three to five years. But when we talk about investing in real estate and when I think about investing in real estate, everything that I like to do, I like to swim with the tide. I like to get some momentum. I like the wind at my back, not the wind kind of coming at my face. So the best operators, the best investors or the people that might have a little bit more luck will figure out a way to make money in short term rentals in the next three to five years. But I believe that the average investor is, is at a high risk of potentially failing in the next two, three, four years in short-term rentals. And I'm going to tell you why really quickly. So the short-term rental business has been around forever, but it really exploded in the last three, four, five years. So there are more short-term rental units, and this is just kind of supply and demand economics of, of how this has changed in the last three or four years. But in the last three or four years, there are more people than ever that want to get into short-term rentals. And there is the same number of people that are actually renting them, meaning that people that are going on vacation in general in the past three or four years haven't doubled the amount of vacations they've gone on, yet the amount of units that are available for rent have increased dramatically. So again, simple kind of supply and demand economics, talking about you know going with the wind at your back rather than in your face. I don't like really any sort of investment that everybody's getting into where the supply of units being available for rent is going up so much, but the demand is, is not going up. In fact, the demand this specific summer went down a little bit in our region, okay? So the demand being down a little bit in our region with the economy still being pretty good, my fear over the next one or two or three years is that more and more people are gonna add more and more supply to the short-term rental inventory but there's going to be a recession in the next one or two or three years that's going to that's going to make the demand push down. So more supply than ever and lower demand. To me, that's really a recipe, you know, for for a disaster. When you add into the fact that these short-term rental property prices have gone up dramatically. So my best friend owns two properties in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, which is a very touristy area that always ranks really well. The, the two properties that he bought have more than doubled in value in the past five years, meaning that the two properties that he owns in Cape Cod, they do very well right now. But if somebody were to buy for fair market value the same property that he owns, they'd be paying double in their mortgage and, and, and a little bit more in insurance and probably a little bit more in taxes. So those are all kind of the reasons why I'm pretty anti people getting into short-term rentals today. Long-term rentals, the smaller long-term rentals, like single units, two families, three families, are also kind of facing you know similar pressure. So just a couple of like highlights of things that have happened there as well. There's always going to be a demand for people to rent, you know, smaller, single family, two families, apartments, and stuff like that. So I don't see an issue really with the demand side. Where I see an issue there is with the prices and how it's almost impossible to be profitable in most markets across the United States, buying a two unit, a three unit. And the reason for that in most cases is just the simple fact that 
more and more first-time home buyers that need a home to live in are buying these properties because of the lack of inventory in single families and, and also the price points of single families these days. So, you know, me and Jim talk about this all the time, but when we were buying rentals in cities in greater Boston, you could buy those rentals for $200,000, $250,000. Legitimately, those same rental properties are selling for close to a million dollars today. So, you know, triple what we were paying with rents that have gone up, but, but have not tripled. In addition to the fact that a lot of these smaller uh, rental units, um, a single family, a two family, a three family, especially in our market in greater Boston, uh, we're talking about properties that on average are 100 years old. So we've gone through a process of selling all of those properties off and converting you know, our properties into apartments. For us, we've sold off you know, with the monopoly kind of analogy, we've sold off all of our green houses and are moving into red hotels. But I do want to say here, because you know, I'm sure the question that probably most people have in the back of their mind, that it's a super important question is, well, you know, Tom, you're probably going to name a lot of benefits of investing in apartments. And most of the people that are going to be listening right now are going to understand, hey, I do want to get into apartments. I mean, you wouldn't have signed up for this webinar otherwise. But there are a lot of people on here who don't understand the path. I want to just bring Jim on just for a couple seconds, just to talk about how people that have had no money have gotten into deals with us. And, you know, I want to talk really quickly about the, the, the last two deals that we've done, the one in Nashua and the one in Hookset. Can you just describe kind of how those two deals came together and um, how people that brought those deals to us are now a part of the deal, even though they're not putting up any money into the deal? Sure. So the apartment deal in Nashua, that deal uh, was someone that we had, you know, we know well and we've worked with in the past. He came across an opportunity that, you know, he needed some help with on the funding and he asked how we could help. So we structured a deal that made a lot of sense for both of us. And uh, and now that is, that's up and running in construction, about 88 units and uh, it's going well. And it looks like it's going to be a great deal for both of us. And so when he came to us, it was, you know, an opportunity he found that was an idea that he did a lot of due diligence on. He's a bright guy. And uh, then we did, uh, we did some as well. We, you know, we checked everything with him and, and, it, and it works out well. So the partnership there is truly a partnership that he brought us a, an opportunity that we agreed with and we worked together to make it happen. The other one in Hookset is a little different than that. Someone that we had never met before uh, was trying to do a deal off market and he was not able to, um, to put it together financially. And he said, you know what, I, I just, um, I, I, this isn't going to work for me. So he called, he called the lender and the lender's like, yeah, we just can't put it together. So the lender actually called us and said, Hey, what do you think? And we liked the deal. The lender thought of us cause we have experience doing it and they were confident in us. So I, we said, you know what, but can you set up a meeting with the seller? The, the guy that was trying to put it together that was, uh, you know, had some challenges with the finance part in the time. And we all sat down at a table and very open book had a conversation. And we included the guy that couldn't finance the deal, put it together. We included him as a partner on that. And, you know, we come from the school of doing the right thing. So he's now a partner in that deal. 
the seller was very excited that we did that, thought it was the right thing to do. And the deal really just makes a lot of sense. That's actually come around to the prospect of, uh, of one or two more deals because of that situation and just having, you know, doing the right thing. Yeah. And I mean, to add a little bit of like context to, to both of these things. So the first person that brought us the deal uh, in Nashua, New Hampshire, they, they've been a part of our company. They're in the inner circle. They fix and flip homes and they are also transitioning into doing more apartments. And so they're, they're very active. This person that, you know, we're now partnered with, they're very active in looking for these deals. So, you know, when he came to us and said, Hey, do you want to partner with me on this deal? I mean, all that means is like, hey, like I would probably do this deal on my own if I could, you know, fully fund it, but I need funding for the deal. So we looked at that property, we analyzed it, you know, we figured out like a split that would make sense for us and and everything. But, you know, basically just for bringing us a deal and it was a good deal. It was a deal we liked. We were near, we're, you know, probably halfway through the construction of that deal. I had to personally go out and raise $4 million for that deal. But just for doing that, just for coming across a property, he's now going to be cut into this. And the amount of equity that he's going to have is, is going to be north. It's going to be seven figure equity. And then he's going to have pa- passive income of over uh, $100,000 per year just on that one deal that he brought to us. And this is kind of like, you know, I got the agent investor shirt on. Obviously, most of you guys are in the agent investor uh, Facebook group. I say this all the time, like agents are out there seeing deals all the time. And a lot of times they pass up on deals because they don't think they can do them either because of funding or the construction or whatever. But like in this example, like the person that partnered with us on the first deal just had their eyes open, just said, hey, like this is a good deal. Let me let me bring it, you know, to Tom's Tom's team, see if they'd be interested in it. And it was a deal, you know, that, that we ended up doing. So I just want to be clear about this because this is like, probably the number one question that everybody has on this is like, and it's it, it really, honestly, it doesn't matter what type of investing we're talking about. The number one objection is I want to get started, but I don't have the funding. Well, again, through the partnership programs that we have, like you don't need to have money. You, you do need to learn how to find deals. And we teach and train people how to find deals through our inner circle program, but you don't need to have money to get started. Okay. And again, Jim mentioned the second deal. Um, you know, that was just somebody that we work with in a lending capacity that similar thing. Hey, I got a deal. Would you guys be interested? And again, you know, that person will be cut into this deal, you know, earning passive income for the rest of their life. Um, but I do want to talk, you know, there's more on that point, but I, I do kind of like want to switch, you know, gears back to like why we made this shift, right? Because we had built up, you know, a pretty sizable rental property portfolio made up of two families and three families and six families and 10 families. And we, we sold off all of those. So I want to talk about like why we're doing that. Okay. So first of all, like just to back it up again, why are we all here? I know why we're all here. We want that monthly passive income coming in every month. But when we say passive, we truly want it to be like as passive as we can. And this is coming from, you know, our company that's owned, you know, several hundred, you know, smaller, uh, rental units all over the greater Boston, New Hampshire area, um, those smaller units are not passive. Like when I opened up the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I, I got the idea in my head, hey, get 100 or 200 units or 300 units, hire a property manager and kind of just sit back and collect. Like what we found out and what most people have found out, 
what through owning these smaller multifamily deals is like they're not passive. So like we didn't get into this business so that we could have a business that we had to deal with like huge headaches every single day. And Jim, can you just add some kind of color to that? Like what are the types of things like on those small multifamily that pop up all the time that make it like not passive or almost impossible to be passive in? I mean, there's many categories, but taking one from the maintenance perspective, I always call them the midnight phone calls. The old electrical is shorting out. The uh, you know tripping breakers, blowing fuses, the roofs leaking. The structure of the building needs to be addressed because it's a 150 year old building or a hundred year old building. There's a leak somewhere in a pipe in the wall because the you know the cast iron rotted. And now keep this in perspective that you're you're actively maintaining a building that you feel is in good condition and rent ready, and you still get these phone calls, and they never happen at noontime. They always happen at 11, 12, one in the morning. And, you know, that everything's break, things break. So, you know, the, and then the, you know, sometimes the city comes around and they'll say, oh, the deck is no longer to code. You have to upgrade that. Your railings are too short. You have to increase the height of your railings because these are old buildings that were built for a different time and a different code. So fire alarm systems and, and things like that, the issues that you come up with and you face when you're dealing with a hundred year old building. And then there's also the end user, the resident. The resident is usually, you know, a class C resident that maybe doesn't have great credit, um, you know, trying to put several people in a two-bedroom apartment. They might be trying to put four to five people in there. Just a, uh, a tenant that you're going to have challenges collecting rent and they're, you know, because their credit's not great, their rent collection's a different process. And all these things at the end of the day, take time, time, effort, and energy, right? So your team puts a lot of time into those, those challenging tenants. Yeah. And, and again, if you just think about that, like logistically, not possible to be passive when there's a new person in there every week, when you're turning over a property every single week. And I'm not saying that you can't enjoy doing that or that it's not a big deal for you to do that. I just know for me, like we got into this business for a reason to be passive and to have more time to spend with our family and friends and do what we want. Um, you know, somebody made a comment, uh, turning over multiple rental units in September 1st in Boston, big capital letters, nightmare. Um, and it is, and, it, it, and you know, like, as I'm saying this, like, I, I don't want to make it seem like we're afraid of hard work. We are totally on board with doing a bunch of hard work, but we want to do hard work to make things passive. And that's not only to add in, like, in addition, like how many like roofs are you managing? You know, we have a, a 88 unit building that's 330, that's 33 family properties, 30 roofs to manage, 30 times that you have to, you know, anytime there's a snowstorm, you have, you know, 30 different buildings to, to do the snow removal for. So it's a much, uh, the apartments are a much more efficient and effective way to do this. And, and frankly, like I wish that we had started doing apartments a lot sooner than we did. Um, I don't really even have a good reason as to why we didn't start sooner. Maybe we, you know, we're like a lot of people that are on this call. Maybe we just didn't know that we could do it, but we were so focused on adding those smaller units when we could have kind of done it before. I, I talked about, you know, the, the market competition on this stuff, which is like single family, two family, three family in most markets across the United States, like they're either going to lose money or barely cash flow. 
And the problem with barely cash flowing on some of these smaller units is like, if you have a two family that's cash flowing 200 bucks a month and then one tenant doesn't pay you, which is common, you're no longer cash flowing, you're negative. And I can't really think of a time that within our portfolio of smaller multifamilies that we didn't have multiple people that unfortunately we would have to evict that weren't paying us, et cetera. You know, we, we just feel like the red hotels, the bigger apartments, a lot of these things that we talked about are as negatives, they're positives, right? So they're going to be brand new construction, right? So you don't have any deferred maintenance. You have less time that you're going to need to be fixing stuff uh, because it's new and because we're able to build these in somewhat, you know, uh, more attractive areas, we're able to get higher quality tenants that are more responsible, need less help. You know, the, the midnight phone calls that Jim talked about, sometimes that's based on the person, right? A light bulb goes out, you have a certain type of tenant that is going to call you at midnight to tell you that you have another type of tenant in a, in a higher, in, in a more expensive building that might take care of that stuff on their own. So it's truly more passive, but, but there's something that you know, you, they're, they're a team sport. So that's the other big kind of component about these apartments that, you know, if you're on this, I'd like you to kind of just keep in mind that you're, you are a part of a team almost always because the average deal that we do that we raise capital into, you know, we're raising five, six, $7 million into, which means that we've got a bunch of capital partners in on all these deals. We have probably somebody who found the deal, somebody who's managing the construction, then we have a property management team. So there are a lot of piece, pieces and people that are involved in these deals. And I think that's really, you know, sometimes the reason that people don't get started is because they think that they have to be the one doing all of these things rather than just being somebody who's a piece of a puzzle. And again, through the agent investor, you know, uh, partnership opportunities, the inner circle, we give people the ability to work with us on this type of stuff. Um. I'm going to talk quickly just about like the capital component of this. So the cap, I want to talk about the capital component of this from two different angles. When we're talking about getting into apartment deals, um, you've got to be, you always have to be able to do one of two things, or maybe even potentially both. Um, you need to either be able to raise money or put money into a deal, right? So you, you need to be part of the capital stack, or you need to be the one finding the deal or potentially both, right? So the best case scenario is you're able to find a bunch of good deals, you're able to put in some of your own money, you're able to raise capital. But you know the, the, the plus and the minus of these deals is that they're very capital intensive. The negative of that is of course, that you either need to have capital or you need to get good at raising capital in order to do these deals. But there's a reason why that's also good. The reason why it's also good is because when you need five or six or $7 million to get through one of these deals, it eliminates that person that you're competing with in the two to three unit property, right? Somebody who's buying a two unit property can get it with an FHA loan. They can put down three, three and a half percent. They might even be able to get a gift for the down payment. They could be potentially in these deals with zero money out of pocket. Well, the negative for you as an investor is you have a ton of competition and that's why those deals don't work because most of those deals are being bought by people who don't have a lot of skin in the game. They, there's a very low barrier to entry as compared to these apartment deals being a part of one of these apartment deals. You need to be able to raise four five, $6 million or put in some of your own money in order to do it. So 
that's what we do, right? We spend time, you know, raising capital for these deals. Um, and we offer opportunities to people who are interested in investing their capital in some of these deals, because I should take a step back and just kind of explain one of the most important points of this is like, when we're talking about investing in apartments, there's two options potentially for people. The first option is to say, hey, I've got some capital sitting on the side. I want to use that capital and make my capital work. The second option is, hey, I want to you know, either raise money and be a part of a deal that way, or I want to find a deal and, and be a part of a deal that way. So there's ways, like I mentioned, to be almost completely passive, just using your money, just cutting a check and being a part of this deal and getting a rate of return. Or there's other ways to be more active and go out and raise capital or find the deal, et cetera. So I'm going to talk about the capital component um, you know, quickly just for people that to get a kind of an understanding of this. So in order to do deals like this, the last two that we mentioned, the one in, in Nashua, New Hampshire was a $4 million raise and the one in Hookset, New Hampshire was a $7 million raise. So I spearheaded that raise. Um, we had people obviously like us putting money into the deal. And then we also raise money from other people to put money into the deal. Regardless of kind of your thought process on that, I'm going to take you through kind of like both sides of it. Okay. So for example, on the latest deal that, that we just raised money for, we're raising $7 million. We're probably $4 million of the $7 million through. There are people who are, who are who are looking at these deals who are saying, I don't want to go out. I don't want to raise capital. I don't want to go out and try to find deals. I just want to kind of put my money in. And I just want to give you guys kind of like a perspective of like what that looks like. Because when we um, teach people about investing in apartments, it ends up being kind of like split down the middle on what people are interested in. Um, and there's no right or wrong answer. It's just really like whether or not you have capital to potentially invest and whether or not you want to really be active in these types of deals. So we have uh, a bunch of different options for people that invest passively with us. But in general, the rates of return end up being somewhere typically in the in the high double digits, right? So somewhere uh, typically between like 12 and 20% rate of return. So I just want to give people like an idea of what that kind of looks like, just so you get an understanding of, okay, if I just, if I didn't want to go out and find deals, if I don't want to manage projects, if I don't want to go out and raise money, and I've got some money sitting on the sideline, or whether it be, you know, money, just money in the bank, what that looks like. So if you kind of take like a blended rate of return, and of course we have calls with people kind of like individually on this, but if you take $200,000, so if you invest $200,000 and the average rate of return is 14%, then you divide that by 12 months. On average, you can expect to make $2,333 per month. And so for some people, depending on where you're at in life, what you want to do, for some people it can make sense just to invest passively in these deals and get that great rate of return that gets paid out monthly, direct deposited into your account on a monthly basis. Um, and it can be part of your passive income plan. We also have people that do both. They're active investors. And then they've got some, they get a, you know, they sell a property, they get a big chunk of money on the side. Or we've had people that have just, you know, gotten tired of owning some of these smaller multifamilies but they have a ton of equity in them and they just decide, hey, you know what? Like I'm going to take, you know, a big kind of withdrawal. I'm going to sell the property and then I'm going to put that kind of passively. Um, 
So regardless, though, of like whether you're interested in actually investing passively or not, you're either going to have to put money into a deal like that or potentially learn how to raise capital like that. And as part of the Inner Circle program, we teach a bunch on how to raise capital. And agents have a competitive advantage over everybody else when it comes to raising money because guess what? You guys already have more people that know, like, and trust you um, than the average person. Right. So we teach and train on how agents can proactively put deals out, how they can raise capital and how if they wanted to be a part of a deal like this, they could learn how to put money into a deal. I'm also just put up on the screen a URL for people that want to have a conversation about um, potentially investing passively. So if you go on the screen and you go to tinyurl.com forward slash Passive Income Investing. If you fill out that form, we'll reach out to you directly, talk to you a little bit about like what the options are for investing completely passively with us and what the rates of return look like, et cetera. If you have an IRA and you, you have IRA money to invest, that becomes kind of like a no-brainer because if you have IRA money, um, no matter what you're going to do, you're going to have to invest that money anyways. So you're going to have to either invest that money like in the stock market or something like that, uh, or you can invest passively into a deal like I just put up. I talked about why we bring in capital partners. And now I'm going to go through kind of like a deal that we have now, a deal I told you guys we're still needing somewhere around $3 million for this deal. We've raised $4 million into it, which is our latest project in Hoodset, New Hampshire. Hey, if you're going to go out and you're going to kind of look for a deal, why did we choose this deal? Because we pass up on a ton of, ton of deals. And what should you be looking for? What types of deals work? What types of deals don't work? So Jim, if you want to just kind of jump into um, the Hookset deal. Sure. So um, Hookset, it's over on Londonderry Turnpike. That was an approved project uh, by the town when we were brought into it. And again, just to recap, if anyone joined late, that was another investor was looking at the project, uh, looking at buying it. The seller had it already approved, and uh, we were brought in by a lending partner that we have and, uh, and introduced us, and we're now at the table of getting ready to pull permits. So that is a 72-unit residential project made up of three buildings, and then a 39, as well as, I should say, a 39-unit commercial suite um, opportunity, which is on the same parcel, uh, and that is all commercial suites with um, with some office and contractor bay type setups. So right now, that's a mixed use project. May, makes a ton of sense um, given the traffic count, the studies in the area, the demographics. It's about ten minutes uh, away from downtown Manchester. But it's in, and it's on a um, they call it bypass twenty eight, which is a very busy, very busy area near a college um, and surrounded by big box stores, things like that. Uh, but yet it's stuffed in on twenty six acres, so for the residents, it's a nice quiet community. So that is probably going to take us about two years on the budget. It's about a two year project um, from groundbreak to finish. The purchase price on that, that was for the land only, the approved land only, uh, was about two and a half million. And then the budget for construction is about 27 
little, little over 27 million. And um, what people sometimes forget about on these projects is all the architecture, the engineering, the, the other costs that come into play that, you know, you're paying out of pocket before you even close. And that's about, that's a little over a million dollars right there in out of pocket at risk money before we, um, you know, before we start. It's not really at risk at that point because it's an approved project, but it's still money that's not financed that you, you have to, you have to lay out. Um, and then the holding cost during that project during construction is another probably two and a half million dollars. And that, that's basically all of your interest costs, your, um, your soft costs, your utilities, your management, just to, just to keep the lights on, if you will. So it's about two and a half million dollars. So with that project, we have three buildings on the residential side, which uh, total 72 residential units, all two bedroom um, units, which is nice because you can forecast your rentals. Uh, there's an abundance of parking. We have it. There's it, it almost looks like a small campus. So two buildings on one side, one on the other with the parking and an island and nice landscape in the middle. There's some common space, some recreation space, um, fire pits, just just some nice amenities outside. And um, there are walking trails nearby. Uh, there's a college nearby. Again, plenty of places to work. And it's a short commute to most of the industry in the area. Then if you come down the road of the 26 acres, as you're exiting the property, if you take a right, you go into a commercial suite area which is elevated from the road. So you don't really see it from the road, but you, you enter it. And that's usually uh, small, small businesses like plumbers, electricians, cleaning companies, maybe a dance studio, things like that um, usually go in there, small businesses. The, there's a huge demand for those. Uh, when we pulled the demographics and the, and the supply and demand there, there is a high demand for a low impact space and it's in ours, we've upgraded them a little bit. The, as Tom pulled up right now, they're steel buildings, but we've added some fit and finish on the exterior that make it a little more attractive. And we put those, we laid those out in five buildings and that was done strategically for parking. So when we put the use in each one, we'll decide where they're best fit based on parking requirements, parking needs, and, you know, each of those will be evaluated to make sure they're in the right location and the permitted use works for the space. So those are also rentals. People ask me that a lot. Those are designed right now to be long-term holds as 39 units as part of the, in, in addition to the 72 residential units that are currently on the same property. We have, I'm trying to think of what else is there that, so some people ask questions a lot about what are you doing for inside, you know, inside the commercial suites. So there's 1,500 square feet of rentable floor space and then 300 square feet of office or mezzanine space, which Tom has a picture up right now. And that is, that's a, um, that's a rendering of what the interior will look like. So you'll have a half bath on the first floor. And then on the second floor, uh, they're designed to be open office slash mezzanine storage space depends on the need. Um, and so that gives you from an investment standpoint, that's 1800 square feet of rental space by putting in that 300 square foot mezzanine. And, um, you'll find that a lot of businesses need or want that space. We talked a little bit about the construction 
um, cost, but the, and the timeline is about two years from start to finish. The, we, have, we, have, we outsource the construction management from the day-to-day perspective, but our internal team are overseeing them and making sure they're on task. So we are there several days a week uh, overseeing the construction management company, doing site walks, site visits, um, town meetings, things like that. We're going to talk a lot more about like the types of deals that we like and how to analyze them at the partnership event. Really quickly, Jim, can you just tell them a little bit about like what we liked about this deal, like compared to like other deals that we've analyzed and passed on just to give people like a high level overview of what we're looking for? Sure. So number one, it was an approved project. Now, next step would be it's 26 acres of land in a high traffic area that is zoned for, for our use. So we're not, you know, we're not demoing a building, but we're doing site work. Those go hand in hand, but there's plenty of space for ground parking. Um, there are, the unit count is appropriate. It's north of 50 units. It's this one's 72. The 39 commercial suites is something that we added in there. Uh, that was not originally in the plan, but it was designed for a um, for a footprint of a certain square footage of commercial space. We changed it in five buildings, but we like that component. Not a requirement of ours, but it made the deal better. And it's a growing area that shows a lot of demand and low vacancy when we do the demographics. So we liked that it was off, so to recap, it was off market approved and it was it was north of 50 units mm-hmm. yeah i mean and then you know there's also kind of like the financials to it as well that so a couple other things that we look for like one rule that we're always looking to to meet is we want a cash flow at when this is all said and done and when the property is actually going we want a cash flow 500 dollars per unit per month and that's just kind of like a low watermark number that we're looking for that we won't do a deal unless it meets that criteria. So you can kind of like, you know, run the numbers. If it's, if it's a hundred units, that's $50,000 a month, right? You don't need a big percentage ownership of that to make some really good money. And then of course, you know, you can go the opposite way if you're not out necessarily looking for deals where you can just put your money in completely passively. If you have, you know, our, our minimum for that is $50,000, but if you have somewhere between you know fifty and five hundred thousand dollars to put into a deal like this, I mean you can get up to you know earning six figures a year just by putting money into deals like this. Um, so again, I've got that URL up on the screen there, that tinyurl.com. That for anybody that's interested again in learning more about passively investing with us, when you fill out that form, the tinyurl.com forward slash passive income investing what that's going to do is I'm going to personally reach out to you directly to have a conversation with you about what investing with us passively actually looks like. We're going to talk about like rates of return, but more importantly, we're going to talk about whether or not this is something that even makes sense for you. Uh, About half the time I jump on a call with somebody, we end up figuring out that, you know, it doesn't make sense. Half the time we figure out it does. I love to be able to talk to some more people about potentially working with us as capital partners. And then at the partnership event that we're going to have next Tuesday, talking a lot more about how people can can partner with us either by raising capital 
or by finding deals like these uh, that we can work on. So I guess this is kind of a good point to stop because like we've we've covered a lot um, in a small period of time and we jumped around a little bit. So I just want to make sure I want to open it up to questions because the number one objective I have whenever I run a webinar like this is I want to make sure when people get off of this call, they say, okay, this is what I meant to sign up for. I got the information that I needed and I feel good about spending the hour or 90 minutes, however long this goes. Jim, is there anything else that, you know, you can say, you know, quickly just about like apartments in general that you feel like compared to kind of the other ways to invest, like make it make sense that I have it maybe covered? Uh, so two things. One is like Tom just made a good point. It, our low water mark is $500 per unit for positive cash flow. So if I press rewind a long time and look at a three family, I always looked at it when we had the small, small business, right? Of a three family, one unit should be hundred percent profit. The other two should pay your bills and maintenance. That's how I looked at it. And at that point, rents were about $1,500 a unit. So now you take all that work of those 50, you know, three families for easy math, like Tom said, and you take, you put those under one roof or one, one complex and your management is significantly lower. Your profits are a lot higher. If not, they're the same or much higher. And it just makes it, it's just an easier lifestyle. Honestly, it's an easier lifestyle. That's something to consider. The other thing is when you're looking for deals, I talk to people pretty often, several times a week about deals that they may have or they may be interested in. Have a checklist and make sure that zoning is appropriate. Vacancy, where you know it's below five percent vacancy, it's it's an approved area that we don't have to rezone because rezoning is it's possible but extremely difficult and probably not something we're interested in. So make sure it's zoned properly, below five percent vacancy, and there is a um, just that there's a need in the area and a want and a desire from the town. So when you look at that in Southern New Hampshire, Northern Mass, you know, where Metro Boston usually works, but you'd be surprised when there's, if you're in a downtown area and you're building straight up and you only have 20 units, the numbers usually don't work for anybody, even though it sounds like a fantastic project. But when you, when you get just outside of that city and your, your unit count is north of 50, 70 units, it starts to make more sense. Those are ones that you really want to look at. Yeah. So we, I don't know why I couldn't see some of these questions popping up uh, while we were talking, but I'm on the Facebook group now and there are some questions. Um, Derek Ching says, this must be recorded from April and not live. Derek, I couldn't be more live right now, my friend. <laughs> uh, we are 100% live. If you do have a question, uh, you know, type it in. I'm looking through the, I'm on my phone now because for some reason they're not popping up on my screen. Um, so somebody said, is there a minimum dollar amount required for the passive investor? Yes, that's $50,000. Um, you know, people come in, you know, and invest all different amounts of money, depending on their net worth and their objectives and stuff like that. And that's the purpose of doing the calls. So I do still have up on the screen, the form to fill out if you're interested in learning more about investing passively, the tinyurl.com. So fill that out if you're interested in learning more. It doesn't commit you to doing anything with us. In fact, like we can't even take money right out of the gate. Like we're going to have multiple conversations with you. 
um, to see whether or not this works. Um, somebody said, where is the deal? Hookset, New Hampshire. JP said, can you go over your formula for the rate of return per deal? I mean, that's just a simple profit and loss. You know, we project out what's the rent that's going to come in minus the expenses, minus all the, you know, soft costs, the, the, the taxes, the interest and all that. And then we get to, you know, the profit per year. We, and we divide that by 12 and the profit per month. And then we divide that by the unit count to get the profit uh, per door. Uh, John said, what would you say is your capacity for these large apartment deals over the next year, year or your target for units or buildings? Um, so I would say to that question that we're looking to do one or two of these a year. So you have to think like, we have to both manage, we, we have to get the deal flow. Like we have to get enough of these deals. They have to be good ones. We're, we're, we've passed on a, a bunch of deals. We actually put up money on a deal that we had to back out of because we really analyzed the living, you know, whatever on it. And we, we lost our deposit money on it because these, these deals, they have to really, really work because it's, it's a lot of money and we have other people's money invested in them. So we're looking to do like one or two really good deals per year. Um, if we can't do two, that's okay. We'll do one. If we can't find one really, really good deal, we won't do any deals. So these deals have to work, uh, but we have the capacity to probably do two at a time. Let's see. And Tom, can I comment on that? The, no. You know, no. <laughs> so when you look at how many you're doing at a time, it's just like if you know you press rewind to a flip. But for apartments right now, I think we have three in permitting and we have you know, we have two to three, however you want to look at it, under construction right now. So it depends on really how you look at that. Uh, but having two active under construction, like Tom said, is really the, the target. But to do that, you need to have two to three in permitting at the same time in order for deal flow to really flow properly. That, that permitting is just as difficult as the construction. Yeah. Uh, another question popped up, are the funds for a specific deal? Yeah. So like we have a couple of different ways that we work with people and there is the option to, you know, invest directly into this deal. We have, like I said, we funded uh, four of the 7 million so far. We've got room for about $3 million and then this deal will close. Um, and at what, at that point we'll probably be looking for another deal. So um so yeah, again, you know, but if anybody is interested in talking specifically about what this looks like, talking about your specific situation, just fill out that form, that tinyurl.com forward slash passive income investing, and then we'll jump on a call. Dan said, where does a new investor go to find deals? So we're going to talk a lot about that at our upcoming partnership, you know, event at www.agentinvestorevent.com next Tuesday. There's a bunch of different areas that you can you can attack when finding deals. You know, we teach on how agents can find deals just through their SOI. Most agents are not doing this. Like I always ask people, they say, oh, I can't find any deals. I go, what's your Facebook name? I look up their Facebook. I go, you don't have one post in the entire last year that you're an investor or that you're looking for deals. Um, so, so SOI, and I just gave one simple example is one way. Networking with agents is another way. Direct targeting deals. So, you know, we direct target 
a lot of the deals that we do, whether it's from mailers or whether it's from door knocking or whether it's, um, you know, from pay-per-click and stuff like that. So there's a lot of different strategies on how to go about finding deals. We're going to spend an hour on that next Tuesday. If you aren't already registered for that, just go to www.agentinvestorevent.com. All right. So I apologize for not getting to the, some of these questions earlier. They did not pop up on my computer. Um, I'm going to give it kind of like a last call for anybody that has any questions. And I'm going to just say one last thing from my perspective. For those of you who want to do this, for those of you who want to get involved in investing in apartments, you need to make the commitment to get educated on doing this, right? So we try to do the best we can in an hour just to give you guys as much information as we can. It's just flat out not enough, right? You need more training, more education, more tools, which is why, you know, we we provide people with so much. We do these live streams every Tuesday at 11 o'clock. We have the Agent Investor Podcast that you guys can, can listen to at www.agentinvestorpodcast.com. If you're not listening to two or three podcast episodes a week, like you're you're missing out on one of the easiest ways to get educated for free, right? There's nobody who's on this call that can't listen to an, a podcast episode every other day, right? Whether you're driving, you're at the gym, you're walking around, like you're whatever you're doing, you have time to listen to that on the go. Um, and then we have the agent investor inner circle program where you can you can actually get you know individual one-on-one coaching you get access to me 24 7 365 um and that's probably the fastest way for you to get from point a to point b i will put up on the screen if you guys haven't booked a call with me yet a free consultation related to the inner circle i would highly recommend doing that to schedule a time for a free kind of like consulting conversation, go to www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com. When we jump on that call, I'm going to ask you where you're at with your investing, where you want to go in the next three to five years, and what you specifically need help with today. The objective of those calls is to give you an idea of like what it's like to be in the inner circle. There's no obligation to join the inner circle. If you jump on one of those calls, we're going to you know strategize your personal situation and you're going to leave with a plan on what you should be doing next. Um, somebody said they like to be involved as a deal finder and raise the capital. Where do I have to register? Okay, so the, the best thing to do would be to register for our upcoming event at www.agentinvestorevent.com. Uh, somebody said, Thomas said, can you talk again about how to do this without investing your own money? Mine's tied up. Yeah, so... Um, if you don't have any of your own money, there's two ways to do it. The first is to learn how to raise capital, right? So on some of these deals, I've got my own money in them and limited money in them. And I go out and I raise money. So you guys are seeing me, you know, what it looks like to raise money right now, right? You're getting an audience, you're presenting a deal, you're talking about the benefits to investing passively. And that's something, again, like if you're part of the Inner Circle program, We teach people how to raise capital. That's one way to do it. But in the very beginning of this, um, I asked Jim the question about the last two deals we're working on. The last two deals that we're working on right now, we are partnered with the two people who brought us the deals. So all that you need to do, and not saying that this is the easiest thing in the world, but if if you learn how to find good deals, you're an asset in the deal. 
investing in apartments, it's a team sport. Um, so it's something that, you know, you're going to be one of many people that are in on this deal. So if you become a good deal finder or a good capital raiser, you can find yourself, you know, partnered in these types of deals. All right. So last call for any questions, um, just tap them into the chat box. I kind of wrapped up on, you know, what I thought was important, what I would recommend you guys thinking about. Like everything else, it's a, it's a building block process. You have to commit to this. There's a saying in this business, the more you learn, the more you earn. So the very best thing that you can do is commit to learning or invest passively with us and ride shotgun with us on these deals. That's the other benefit that people get with passively investing with us is that you are part of that deal and you're going to learn a ton about investing in these types of deals just by having your capital in the deal. So learning or investing or committing to learning, coming to our events, downloading the podcast, like make a commitment to getting educated on how to do all these things. And, you know, you'll, you'll begin to, to gain some traction. And lastly, if you haven't, you know, booked a call with me, I see a couple people booked right now when I gave that URL, let's just go to www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com. And um, that's really it. Jim, any parting words? I'd say take, take action. If you think you're interested, take action. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. Like, and taking action, taking action doesn't mean that you do anything crazy. Like taking action could just li literally mean coming to our next event. It could mean scheduling a call with me. It can mean downloading a podcast episode. Like I will tell you, like this stuff doesn't happen without you taking, it doesn't happen by accident. Like all of this stuff is very doable. And I said in the beginning of this webinar, like most of the people who got wealthy through owning real estate, they there was nothing necessarily special about them on paper. Like they didn't go to Harvard. They're not a PhD. They're not a rocket scientist. But what they did do is they took action. And it's kind of like one of these phrases that's like, it's so cliche because everybody talks about, everybody talks about it, but you have to mention it because what most people do and I'm telling you guys this because I want you to take action. What most people do is they jump on a webinar like this and they say, I'll do something in the future. And then that time just never comes, right? So if you're the least bit interested in doing this stuff, like book a call with me, come to our next event, download a podcast episode, do all of them. And um, you know, the more that you're around people that do this stuff, the more likely you are to do it yourself. They say you're the average of the five people you spend the most amount of time with. There's a reason for that, right? We're humans. We copy each other. So get around other people that are doing what you want to do, and you're going to start doing those things too. So I want to thank you guys. We had a really good turnout today, more than the normal kind of, um, more than the normal live stream. I know it was, you know, a pretty exciting topic. I was excited to talk about it. Um, I appreciate all the great questions that you guys had, and I look forward to talking to more of you guys about, you know, uh, building your wealth and and really, you know, becoming financially free. And thank you, Jim, for jumping on today. Always good to have you on. Welcome. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Agent Investor Podcast. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show and leave a review, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get free weekly education, strategies, and to connect with other agent investors across the country, 
join our free Facebook group at agentinvestor.com. Again, that's agentinvestor.com.